Hey, everybody. Welcome into The Wrap on a Monday. Another blue Monday. If you're a Lions fan, Tom Mazaway and friends on NRM Streamcast. Great show for you today. Our good friend, my buddy, Rob Parker, who is a Hollywood now. Left Detroit, went to Hollywood. Big shot now on Fox. He's with Undisputed with, with Shannon. And, uh, you know, the guy's everywhere. He's got a radio show. He's got a book out. And you know you love hearing him. I, I love him on Colin Coward's show. It's going to be fun to talk to Rob again. And he'll, uh, if you remember way back in the day when Matt Millen was the general manager here, he uh, was one of the guys to uh, get the Millen Man March going. And if you remember that, we'll uh, refresh your memory on that. He was one of the of the media guys to get that going. Uh, I think there was a couple of others that helped that. But we'll get that, and we'll uh, talk about college football. It's Michigan-Ohio State week. Uh, we'll see what kind of week it's going to be if uh, you're a Michigan fan. And Rutgers is in the news again. Just what I told you last week was going to happen. They pulled the rug right out from under me. We'll catch you up on that. That's why they're Rutgers. Joining me today, as always, our producer and uh, stat man, Ethan Perlman. What's up, E? Uh, not too much. I'm actually enjoying the weather. We got some yeah. nice weather today. Let's and, play some uh, baseball today. I'm all for it's it. It's nice out there. I'm all for it. Hey, man, uh, it's an exciting week for you. Ohio State week. You're, uh... Yeah, Ohio State week. Um, I have to admit, I was about to order a jersey. Oh, for for the Buckeyes, uh-huh. and then I remembered that you know it's the holiday week, so it probably won't get here till after the game. So, I'll, I'll get it for the playoff. All right, deal. You got a deal. And we're gonna have, a, like I said, Rob Parker joining us in just a couple of minutes. Lions yesterday lose to the, I think the second or third worst team in the NFL, to a rookie quarterback from Ohio State. Lions lose in Washington, sixteen to thirteen. The headlines. Of the Detroit Free Press today, D.C. Mm-hmm. East, deceased. I mean, that's a great headline. It is. They lose in uh, Washington again. They they can't win. Doesn't matter if it's RFK, if it's JFK, if it's. It doesn't matter what the hell it is. FedEx Field. They mm-hmm. can't win, and they lose to your Ohio State boy. First time he gets a win. As yeah. a quarterback. I, I mean, his third start, first win, and he wasn't even on the field to take the final snap. He had to be taking a selfie with the fan. Isn't that something? I, I mean, yeah, I don't know what you're thinking, though. I, I mean, know. What kind of message does that send to your coach? Uh, not very good. It, uh, Bill Callahan is the coach there of the Redskins right now. He is the interim head coach. They let Jay Gruden go mm-hmm. earlier in the year. And Bill Callahan, the former Raider head coach, uh, we'll see what he has to say about that. It's just a learning experience, obviously. He got so carried away. Yep. He didn't realize the Lions were going to give the ball back to them again. Jeff Driscoll was, was horrible. 20 of 33. It sounds good. 207 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions. Could have been five. Easy. Yeah. Could have been five. Mm-hmm. Easy. They just couldn't do anything. They couldn't get out of their own way. Bo Scarborough was good, though. 98 yards on the ground, over five yards of carry for Bo. He had one costly fumble, and uh, that's all he wanted to concentrate on at the end of the game. When they were talking to him, and he was disappointed in the loss, he said, you know, you can put it on me. I fumbled. I mean, I can't blame him, though, with being disappointed in that fumble. His forward progress was stopped. You know, they held him up for about five seconds, then the ball comes loose. That's on the ref, in my opinion. When but, you see the forward progress stop for a good second or two, you got to blow the whistle. I know. I know. But that's just the way it goes. Well, it's the Lions. Yeah, it's just the way it goes. If, and, if that's the Green Bay Packers, that whistle's blown within a millisecond. Isn't that something? 
Or if you have a hands to the face, that'll come right up. But mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers' chin strap will be hanging off of, <laughs> off of his thing. He's got that automatic chin strap. When someone comes near him, mm-hmm. the chin strap comes off automatically. I mean, you probably can just wave your hand yeah. by him, and it, the helmet will go flying off. So they, they lose again, man. They moved up good. They're up to the seventh spot now in the mm-hmm. NFL draft. So we are going somewhere. Hey, if Denver beats us, we're in the top five. Wow, we got a <laughs> shot, man. We got a shot. Come on, Cincinnati. You got to win four games. <laughs> you hear from Adam Schefter uh, yesterday about Matthew Stafford's injury and his mm-hmm. back injury could be something that's going to be lingering for the remaining part of his career. Yeah. I mean, they said it's at least a six week thing without practice, without play, but. You know, even if it heals, it does. It won't heal fully. No, it, I it mean, can't. Not, not yeah. the beating he's taken no. as a quarterback. I mean, you can't stay. It's hard to stay in one piece mm-hmm. as a quarterback. So, Lions lose it, and uh, the Redskins win it, sixteen to thirteen. Kenny Galladay held the four catches, sixty-one yards. And you know, where do they turn from here? I mean, here we are again, as a Lions fan. Here we are again. Mm-hmm. They. Can't get out of their own way. They are three wins, again, playing for the draft. Yep. Again. And people are saying, oh, you got to sit out, a Thanksgiving game. Don't go to Thanksgiving. Let's boycott this. Let's boycott that. Those things don't work. I Mrs. Mean, Ford. It's a tradition. Mrs. No, Ford. You're not going to boycott that game. If anything, you're going to boycott the rest of this season. Rod Wood, uh, the president of the team, good guy. Wouldn't uh, talk after the game. They uh, Dave Burkett of the Free Press and uh, the rest of the guys tried to get him to uh, have an interview. He passed, you mm-hmm. know, politely and moved on. But now he's not talking, and he represents the ownership and the Fords. And here we are again talking about the ownership again. What's going to happen? What can change? Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia, they are what they are. They let go of a coach in Jim Caldwell mm-hmm. that went back to back nine and seven, went to the playoffs. They didn't win, but they were disciplined, yeah. a little bit better than they are now. They're making stupid plays. Did you see the uh, on the punt? I forgot who. I think it was Jamal Agnew. He comes out at the half yard line. He caught a punt at the half yard line. Are we talking about yesterday? Yeah. No, that was Ty Johnson. That was Ty Johnson because Jamal Agnew was was you know injured for this past game, and Johnson he made a few mistakes realistically on the kickoff and punt returns, and that's why he had to put Danny Amendola back there. Yep. Maybe he should have been back there from the get go. Maybe, but I understand why they put Ty Johnson back there. Got a little bit more speed, a little bit more versatility. But Amendola has the experience of a punt returner. Well, it didn't work out very well, and you know that's that's coaching. So there's all kinds of stuff out there. And Jason Lacaforna used to write for the Free Press here in town. Now writes for CBS Sports. He's a big shot. Here's his insider notes from Week 12. He does go through all the teams. He comes up to the Lion. It says, "Keep an eye on the Detroit Lions." If the Lions have another poor outing on Thanksgiving against the rival Bears, they are trending in the wrong direction in a myriad of ways. No kidding. Ownership's frustration is growing, and on Sunday they found another way to lose to the broken skins that have not won a home game in over a year. A loss this Thursday would drop into 3-8-1 with a long break before the next game. Remember, this was a playoff team under Jim Caldwell. So that's what Jason LaCaforna writes. So what does he mean? What is he talking about? You know damn well they're not going to fire Matt Patricia. They're not going to fire Bob Quinn. Mm-hmm. And we'll touch on this 
with our good friend Rob Parker. Actually, it's Freddie Bello. Oh, we Freddie. got on the phone right now. Freddie the Pizza Man. Did you hear that, Freddie? What I just said about Jason Lockenforner, what he wrote. Yeah, you know it's funny. I never even knew he he rolled in town. I learned something new today. Yep, he was here. He was part of our. We had a lot of good Detroit people that 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 left town and become big shots, like hey, Rob man, Parker. Can you, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you can, can do you have a Giants pullover? I do. I almost wore it today. I almost wore I almost wore the Jets today. I should have wore them. They won three in a row. I'd rather see you naked than wear that. Thank you, man. That's not a good sight, though. But, Freddie, here we are again, man. I mean, forget about yesterday's game. They lost to a crappy team that that hasn't won in over a year. What what do we do now as fans? We're not going to boycott games. We're fans. We want to win. I I disagree that they won't fire Van Patricia. If they they lose this Thursday because it's on national TV, I I think it's a guaranteed fire. When it happens, I don't know. Do they do like Mooch? Remember, Mooch got fired after the Thanksgiving game. Yeah. He brought in, uh, oh, I forgot his name, but uh, he, he, ironically, he was the only head coach that ever went out and got another head coaching job with Buffalo, but uh, he Schwartz. was the interim uh, head coach. Um, no, I, I, I disagree. I think uh, I think uh, he should be fired. He's not he's not a head coach in, he's not head coach material. And to be honest with you, um, <laughs> this this Bob Quinn, he's not picking good talent. And, and I got I, I said a couple years ago when he stood up at the podium and and the uh, the uh, matter came out about him um, not doing a full search on Matt Patricia and that stuff come on the Detroit News. Yeah, I thought he should have been fired right there and then. Because no general manager should stand up. And NFL general managers, 32 of them in the NFL, in the world, you stand up there and say, well, I, I didn't have to do that kind of search. I'm not entitled to do that kind of search. Should have been fired right there and then. <sighs> the coach should have been fired, and we wouldn't be in this mess right now. Well, we'd probably be in a different mess. Yeah, a different mess. not this mess. Man, Fred, I, I, I didn't like the hire when they hired him. Good. No. I'm just I'm not the Belichick tree guy, you know. I don't yeah. like the Patriot way. Of course, I like it when you have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick running the show. But all those other clowns that have, that have left there have not done much. The only guy that's done anything halfway decent is Bill O'Brien, and he's not mm-hmm. that good. No, you know, you know what this reminds me of, Tommy. I was thinking about this yesterday <laughs> when I was watching the game. You'll remember this very well. 1996-97, Bobby Ross oh. pissed off all his veterans, especially Barry Sanders. They all rebelled on them, and then they started letting popular guys go, like Lomas Brown and yep. Kevin Glover. And then, then, and then Barry Sanders started getting more pissed. Then he retired. He left. And then Bobby Ross quit. Yep. The and wheels fell Matt, off. Yeah. I think there's an exit here for, for Matt Patricia. I think Bob Quinn, I mean, they're best friends. They're sitting in the room. Bob's probably saying, listen, listen, just, you, you, you want, just say health reasons. Say something. You can just leave. I disagree. Let me, take, let, let me fix this. There's no way Bob Quinn fires him unless Martha Ford tells him to fire him or Martha fires him. I think there's an exit threat. I think there's an exit here. And um, it's time to find a new coach. And listen, the only thing I can say, and I know you got somebody else in line. I'll let you go. But no, here, okay. here's the thing they got to do. Okay. And I know he won't come here. I know that. Urban Meyer, okay? And I'm only bringing him up as a name. Right. They have to go hire a guy like Urban Meyer. Because when you know you hire that guy, you know you're going to win. I don't, there can't be no more doubt. They have to hire a guy that actually can come in and coach, and you know you're going to win, almost like a Marty Schottenheimer, a guy you know is going to come here and take you to the playoffs, and they're going to win games, give him some say over the drafts, and tell Bob Quinn, you got one more year. This coach is coming in. He's got to say over the draft, and we're taking it from here. If it doesn't work out, you guys are all gone. 
I, hmm. But you don't know about Urban Meyer. We don't know he can coach in the pros. We don't oh, know I, that. I, you put Herbert Meyer anywhere, he's going to win. I, there's, there's no question in my mind. He's had like no three heart else. attacks already. <laughs> what, what the hell? He's going to come here, he'll drop dead like Don McCafferty, our no, old buddy from no, the Colts. No. He'll come here, he'll win. There's, there's two names out there I'm, I'm kinda, I'm kinda, I, uh, kind of eyeing right now. is Mike McCarthy and uh, Lincoln Riley from, from uh, Oklahoma. There's a guy, kind of fits the mold of these new young guys, or offensive coordinators, Come in here, you, you, you draft your new guy, you develop him, and then there is some talent here. There is a little bit of talent. I'll give Quinn a little bit of credit. There is a little bit of talent. I think a better coach will bring out, like Mark D'Antonio in Michigan State. What's he doing? He's getting these three stars, he's coaching them up. He's not doing it anymore, but he was coaching them up. They need a guy that can come in here, crack the whip, and get on that podium and say, listen, we're going to win, and if you can't play, you're out. And you don't get on that podium and say, i got to coach better. Because you know what? That pisses me off more as a fan, hearing that crap. He did it again yesterday. I know. i got to coach better. Are you serious? I mean, listen, Maz, you're a New York guy, okay? I'm, I'm not from New York, but I'm an old school guy. Don't get up there and tell me something you're not doing. Tell me what you're going to do. You understand? And they need a guy like that. And... Listen, I don't know what else to say. This this is disgusting, man. It really disgusting. is. It's it's putrid, Fred. This is this is a slam dunk. They they are the worst franchise in all of sports history. They are um, it. Yeah, I would say the team that they played. Well, in fairness, the last twenty years, the team they played yesterday was pretty bad. But they got Fred. World they're titles. Super Bowl champions. Yeah, I know. I hear you. Okay, I hear you. we're not even sniffing a Super Bowl. Yeah. Not yeah, sniffing think, a playoff. I think, Jets, I think the Jets and the uh, Lions are. Jets won a Super Bowl. Jets been to plenty of AFC championship games. We've been to one NFC championship game. I hear you, Mez. Listen. Enough. Enough. Just get a guy with some balls. Get a guy that can coach. Don't bring in a – please, don't bring in a guy that that, eh, he's he's the new wave. Bring in a guy that you know that can coach football. Look Look at Seattle, what they did. They brought in Pete Carroll. This guy was winning championships at Southern Cal. They brought in a guy. Look at Seattle. I love them. Seattle's mm-hmm. unbelievable. I love Year after year after year. So I'd let Daryl Bevel like run that. the team Otherwise, for the rest of the please. year. Let I'm, Darryl... I'm going to start wearing uh, Giants uh, pullovers. <laughs> let Daryl Bevel run the team the rest of the year. Let's yeah, see what he can do. Good why why not that. bring up Nick I Saban? Go. Thanks, guys. All right, Freddie. Have a, have a pizza on us. All right, Freddie the Pizza Man from Melvindale. If you haven't gone out there, grab yourself a slice. Unbelievable. Is Rob on the horn? Uh, I think we're calling him right now. All right. Yep. So we're going to call Rob Parker in just a few minutes. But uh, what Freddie said is what I feel. It's I'm like I'm like cooked, man. I'm cooked. As a Lions mm-hmm. fan, as a football fan, I mean, I bleed the NFL. I love, I yeah. love the National Football League. I love it. I like watching good football. I don't remember the last time I watched good football as a Detroit Lions fan from them. Because it hasn't happened since Barry Sanders was here and we were on. I don't even And we had our playoff games. games. You weren't even born yet. <laughs> you weren't even born. Yeah, no. And, and that was really good. That 90s team, those mm-hmm. in the 90s, they were good with Herman Moore and Brett Perriman yeah. and Johnny Morton and even Scott Mitchell as a quarterback. That's the greatest thing in the world. But he knew how to get the long ball there. He knew what he had in the backfield, obviously. And great offensive line. Not the top of the line, but really Mm -hmm. damn good. The defense, good. Solid. Chris Spielman in the middle. Middle linebacker. No one got cheated with that team. You knew you were going to play tough around Thanksgiving. This is supposed to be our time of the year. 
It's Thanksgiving. You're supposed to win a couple of games prior to Thanksgiving, win this game, and then roll the rest of the season, go into the playoffs. We're on national TV in two days. It's an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed that they're on TV. As a kid, I used to look forward to the Thanksgiving game. What? Listen to look at the people that have to watch that game. They have to watch the Bears and the Lions. Yep. Can you imagine watching that crap game? Well, I'll be there. But can you I, imagine I can watching imagine it? watching it because I will be. But it's you make a good point, and I think that's why a lot of fans nationwide are saying, "Why are the Lions on Thanksgiving still?" Because a lot of these past few years, the game has been unimportant. The game has not been entertaining. Now, if you throw the Packers or a contending team into that equation right now, where it's the Lions-Patriots or the Lions-Packers, you're going to get a better viewership, a better fan base behind the game. Right now, the fan base behind the game is not good. And it's because the performance of the Lions and the performance of the Bears has been crap this year, to put it plain and simple. Even the Bears won yesterday. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, Yeah, he beat the Giants, but... At least they won a game they're supposed to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're supposed to beat the Redskins, man. And I know they would have beat them if that Matt Stafford was there. I know that. Yeah. But he wasn't. Someone's got to pick him up. Someone's got to do better. Well, and they were. Right. I know that's not their fault that Carryon Johnson got hurt. I mean, yeah, the- they, they drafted him. They knew what they were getting. But yeah, you got backup running backs. You got guys off the scrap heap running. I understand I mean, when that. You got Bo Scarborough almost giving you 100 yards yeah. of rushing. He's a he's he, a hustler. I mean, Ty Johnson hasn't given you close to no. that. Neither has JD McKissick. So, you know, it's more or less the the offense. You know, the quarterbacking. I wanted to see David Blau come in that game yesterday. And for the rest of the season, I would love to see David Blau and Jeff Driscoll split the game, because I really don't know who is better. David Blau did great in the preseason against the Lions. Did great for the uh, Browns, Browns during the preseason. Well, we have a Bengal and a Brown. Those are our quarterbacks. Well, yeah, the castoffs from the Bengals and the I Browns think it'd are be our more entertaining to see a quarterback competition now for the remainder of the season, because Jeff Driscoll, you haven't given enough. And yesterday, I think proved that if he goes up against a quality secondary, he's not good. He doesn't know what to do. He cannot read a defense. Josh Norman can't even make that secondary anymore. He's playing special teams. Yeah. <laughs> They're a pathetic I team. I mean, your second-string cornerback picked you off. Did Dunbar have two interceptions or just one? Because I know he had one, and he, then he dropped one. And I can't remember if he ever caught the second, the third attempt. I don't even remember anymore, to be honest <laughs> with you. Right now, I'm giving Rob Parker our number because there's something going on here. So I'll give him our number, and maybe something he can buzz, buzz in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I follow you, man. You know what? I, I went in and added a game to be honest with you. You know, I, we were taking family pictures yesterday. Okay, that that's what I've been reduced to taking family pictures on an NFL Sunday. Back in the day, if my wife said, "Hey, we're taking family pictures," I'm like, "Okay, go ahead, have a nice day. <laughs> you and the girls go have a good time." You know what I want? I'm like, "Yeah, I want to go with you." Mm-hmm. I went with them and I took pictures, watched the game in and out. Yeah. Then we went to Buffalo Wild Wings on the way home, and they sit you there, and the Lions are in the center. I was watching the other TVs. Mm-hmm. I was watching the other freaking games. Who wants to see that crap? No one really anymore. God, man, to break me is to like that. That's like the ultimate. Yep. You can't break me. 
I'm I'm Tommy Blue Skies. They broke me. I know a guy that's been broken for years and years, and he doesn't really have a, a rooting interest because he is a professional writer, professional TV guy, professional radio guy, and he's our friend Rob Parker out in Hollywood at Fox Sports. Rob, you there? Maz, what's up, man? Good morning. What's up, man? Maybe they could raise Rob's volume for me. How are you, buddy? Can you? I'm doing. Great. I hear you, you great, hear man. I hear you great. It's great to hear your voice, man. Thanks for having me on, and Mazel Tov, congrats on the uh, show. Thank you, man. We're having a good time here. You know, we do it a few times a week. It's We're not on Rob Parker time. You're on everything. You're on all these shows. You're on radio with Chris <laughs> Broussard, The Odd Couple. You're on TV with uh, Skip and Shannon. And you're on my favorite show, Colin Cowherd. I think that, I mean, you have it, you're, you're living your best life, brother. No, no doubt about it, Maz. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm I'm happy in LA. Things are going well, and got a nice stride going on. And uh, you know, I love my 20 plus years. I I was in Detroit. Oh God! All the stuff that I was able to do there, but uh, things are good. I, I got no complaints. Hey man, we take it back to uh, back in the day with the uh, Matt Millen and the Millen Man March, and I know you were part of the of the stirring of that that event. Uh, why don't you bring us back to those days, and how does it compare to where we are again now, Rob? Well, um, I I wrote that column, and that's what I called it. I said that fans should organize a march. I never organized the actual <laughs> march, but it was the Millen Man March back then. Yeah, even even Matt loved. Loved that I came up with that and said it was pretty clever, but things haven't changed, Maz. You know what? This year, people were trying to convince me that the Lions had turned a corner and they were doing something different, and I, I didn't buy it. I, I didn't buy it. Um, Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia, I know people keep believing you pick from the Patriots tree and uh. all of a sudden things are going to turn around, but... The Patriots' way has failed everywhere else. Yep. So I think it's failed in Detroit, too. I think you could take a look at it and be honest with yourself from this standpoint that things just haven't changed. This year, they're winning uh, against uh, the Cardinals the whole way in that game. They let the Cardinals come back and tie that game. They hold uh, Patrick Mahomes to no touchdowns in the game, and they don't win that game back. Yeah, I know. They're in Green Bay. They're in the red zone the entire game. They settle for field goals the entire game. And Aaron Rodgers comes back to sting them and beat them in that game. Of course. What's really happened here in the last few years, which is nothing, and think about this if you're Jim Caldwell. You got run out of town after making the playoffs back-to-back years. 9-7. Nine nine seven. Seven, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. Right? And, and, and you were told, your wins weren't good enough. You only beat bad teams, and they had a. Uh, they wanted. They wanted more. They wanted to beat good teams and go to the playoffs and all this stuff. And what have you got since Jim Caldwell was run out of town? Absolutely nothing. Nothing is right. And here we are again, Rob, as Lion fans. And you, you can't blame us fans. And I'm, I count myself as a fan. I know you're not a fan. I know you're just a. Fo- I'm a football. I'm an NFL guy. I love I watching. Yeah. I love watching great football. And we haven't watched great football here since Barry Sanders, Chris Spielman, Herman Moore. Those days. Those were those were good Lion teams. They gave us something to at least look forward to. Something to to look at. I look at this team now, and they're going to play on Thanksgiving in a couple days against the Bears. Who wants to watch that crap? 
not only do people in Detroit want to watch it again, people around the country yeah. are just like, enough with the Lions. What? That's the marquee game, yeah. you know what I mean, at that time. 12.30. Yes, on Thanksgiving Day, the whole country can tune in. Everybody's off from work. People have a chance to finally kick back, right, and watch a football game in the middle of the week. It's just it's like a holiday, and and it's just the same old story. And Bob Quinn should be held responsible. Matt Patricia, enough already. It's not that hard. When you think about this, Matt, think about uh, the Saints. We're called the Aints. They yep. won a Super Bowl. Yep. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were an awful organization, right? The Yucks. They won a Super Bowl. Yep. And even the Cardinals, as bad as they were with the Bidwell family, they went to a Super Bowl, and if it wasn't for a great throw and catch – by the Steelers in the final second, they would have won a Super Bowl. It's amazing. We're still the only team, and I say we, I'm, I'm talking as a Lions fan, the only team from the regular original NFL to not make a Super Bowl, not make one. And they made one right. playoff appearance since 1957. One! How does that happen? It's almost impossible. The, the NFL makes it, so you're supposed to get better. Easy. Uh, uh. Absolutely. When you think about it, uh, supposed to be a parody league and all these other teams that I just mentioned and around sports, you could talk about it. You can look and see the Chicago Cubs, the Boston Red Sox. I mean, we could go on and on and on. They had their long droughts of not winning and they all won World Series and won championships, all these teams. But the Lions are still there. And the other part is, and I know people don't want to hear it because they, they, they think they love Matt Stafford's numbers and what he's put up, but no playoff wins in a decade with the numbers that he's had. And then people say, well, he doesn't have a team. He did have Indomitian Sue. And go back to that year when they had one of the top five defenses in the league. They should have made something happen. And then, Maz, they also had Calvin Johnson. Those are they, Matt Stafford, Calvin Johnson, and Adamican Sue were three of the best players in the league at one point on the same team. You're right. And not to even have a playoff win in in ten years of Matt Stafford is about as as demoralizing as you can get. Rob Parker joins us from Fox Sports out in uh, L.A. and uh, he's got a lot on his plate here on the wrap here with Tom Mazaway and friends. Ethan Perlman joining me as well. So the Lions lose in Washington yesterday. The rest of the year it's a wash. You don't bring Stafford back anymore this year, am I correct? You bench him? Yeah, why would you? Season's lost. There's no reason to try to get this guy healthy um, and uh, and then go from there. But I, it'll be interesting what case they'll make. Maybe they'll use the Stafford injury as an excuse on why Matt Patricia deserves another year. Um, I, I guess that'll be the excuse, but I, it, it has been a, a disaster. I don't even know any other word to use. They've led in every disaster. game, Rob. They've led at one point in every single game. That, that's a rare thing. Only two other teams have done mm-hmm. that that have only had got out of it with three wins, and that's where the Lions sit right now. And Do you draft your new quarterback this year. Do you go out and draft your new quarterback? I'm a proponent to go out and get one of your better guys now and let him learn another year or two under Matthew Stafford. Or do you wait? I know they have a lot of holes. Yeah, they got so many holes. They have more holes than a golf course, so we got to figure out. <laughs> no doubt. Um, uh, we know what, I mean, what players are available. There's somebody that can help them immediately. 
you know they they got Stafford under contract for a few more years, so I I don't uh, I don't know if they'll make that move because there's so many other issues. Unless there's a guy there who they absolutely believe is the guy of the future that they have to have. I wish there was a Bill Parcells kind of guy around. You know, Bill's uh, up in age. Otherwise, I'd be screaming for him. I mean, I've been screaming for him for years and years. You needed a guy like that to come in, take control of your of your organization, and and put his stamp on it. We've had nothing but guys that are just reaching. You know, you reach for Matt Millen, and I thought it was a good hiring because that's how that's how hungry I am as a fan. I thought getting Matt Millen was going to be the the answer. Wow, we're the smartest guy in the room. You know what, Matt? You and a lot of fans did, and I still remember I was doing a show with Mark Wilson, and we both were anti-Matt Millen. <laughs> from the beginning, only from this standpoint, the Lions are an original franchise. They shouldn't be training people <laughs> as you go. Matt had zero experience. He talked a great game he did. <laughs> on television. But if you're going to hire a guy and you think Matt is that guy, they should have hired a veteran front office person to work with Matt until you take the training wheels off. And that's not what they did. Matt came in, fired everybody, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Right? Other guys went to other organizations and and wound up helping them. And Matt wasn't ready for that job. And you can't train people on on the go. And the Lions are better than that. They're not an expansion team or something like that. The fans deserve, like, top notch talent. And the same thing, Bob Quinn, Bob Quinn, I get it. Uh, hey, he worked in New England or whatever. He still doesn't have Belichick, and he still doesn't have Brady, and that's why things aren't as good as they were in New England. Let me ask you this, uh, as a sports guy, are the Lions, I know they are, but I'll ask you your opinion, are they the worst franchise in sports history? They have to be, because uh, some of the other ones we talked about have all won championships when you think about it. And when you think about the league and the way the league is set up for parity, yes, I think it's harder to win a World Series in baseball because so many things got to have pitching. And, mm. You know what I mean? And a lot of, of other things have to it's go 162 right. 162 games. Yeah. It, it's, it's totally – but in football, there's 16 games – uh, there's a chance uh, for you to be able to think that they haven't won the division, you know, since they changed it to the uh, NFC North. Right. I mean, well, how, how is that possible? It's it's almost impossible, but we're living it. We're living it. It is what it is. I know you have a book out now, Rob. If I'm writing, I'm ripping. Rob Parker joins us from Fox Sports. Tell us a little bit about this beauty. Oh, yeah. If you're a Detroit <laughs> fan, you want to get it. These are columns throughout the years. And there are plenty of Detroit stuff in there. Um, so you definitely want to pick it up on Amazon.com. But, you know, Maz, I've always been a tough columnist. And it's basically, the, the, after you read this book, you'll, you'll probably uh, agree that everybody in sports is rippable. And it's not that you can't write good stories, but there's a lot of stuff out there where um, that, that guys aren't pulling their weight. Guys aren't doing what they're supposed to. And they need to be called out. Probably the hardest column that I wrote in there when I had to rip somebody was Hank Aaron. And I ripped Hank Aaron for uh, basically being neutral and not taking a stand either way with Barry Bond. And, you know, whether he was going to support him Uh. or not support him, uh, you know, when Barry broke his home run record. And, And I just thought that because it was Hank's record, 
that he should have had an opinion either way. I'm not saying that I think he should have supported him or that he should have denounced him, but he should have had an opinion on what was going on and Hank swung and missed. And so in that uh, book, there's a column about uh, Hank Aaron and, and probably the hardest words I ever wrote to lead a column. And the lead of that column is, Hank Aaron is a coward. Oh. That was tough to write. Yes, wow. I know that. <laughs> You know, I love Henry Aaron. I mean, uh, to me, that's his record still. I'm one of those old-school guys that say I'm not giving Barry Bonds the benefit of the doubt here. I know he was, he was a terrific ball player before the steroids. But Henry Aaron, what a pure, pure baseball player he was. No, he's a great player. No, no, no and doubt man. about it. One of the greatest and man. players ever. And he uh, played, he whenever, played under whenever the... Whenever people talk about Hank Aaron, here's the, here's the best stat. If you take away his 755 home runs pass, he still has 3,000 hits. Wow. Wow. Think about that. And he plays it, Rob, under the, you know, in the 60s and 70s when people, you know, were giving him death threats. I mean, it was right. It was horrible. I mean, he went through horrible stuff. Then those guys run on the field, and he's trying to keep it together, and he keeps it together as those two guys run around the field with him. I mean, Right. You don't even know no. what those guys, what they're carrying, no. if they're trying to hurt him. You have no idea no. because... If you remember, people, the, the death threats that he was going to pass Babe Ruth, it, yeah. was, it was something. It was an unbelievable thing. Rob Parker, uh, if I'm writing, I'm ripping. You can get that on Amazon. If you like Rob, you're going to love him. And this guy, is he tells it like it is. You don't like it? Hey, that's okay. He's still, you're still going to love this guy because he's Rob Parker. Get robbed. Right, Rob? That's right, Mads. You know, you know that you're my guy forever. <laughs> and ever, I appreciate your friendship, bro. Always here, man. Always. We had some great times together. What, what do you still got going here in Detroit? We still got the hot dog place and the Sporty no, Cuts? No, no, no. Just the barbershop. Sporty Just Cuts. On sporty seven Cuts. Seven Mile and Outer Drive. Where's it at again? Man. Give it again. Sporty Cuts on Seven Mile and Outer Drive. We've been open for 17 wow. years. Best, bar- best haircut you can get in the city right there on Seven Mile Road. All right. Make sure you tell Colin Cowherd uh, his number one fans here in Detroit, all right? I love that guy. I appreciate. It. I will do that. He is the best. And best of luck. Happy Turkey Day to everybody in Detroit and you, Maz, you and your family. Thanks, Rob. We'll get you on again if you don't mind. Oh yeah, of course. Anytime. All right, brother. Anything for you. Anything. All right, kid. Have a great day and uh, go teach at USC. You're heading over to the Trojans now, huh? That's right. I teach in sports uh, journalism course. Man, and I got class. You got to be packed. That's that's got to be a waiting list to get in that class. Can Man, I, I got class? a lot of kids in that class. It's it's an awesome class, and Maz, it keeps me on my toes. These these people are so motivated and and so in tune to what's going on. It's great. It's great for me. I get I learn from them. That's I, awesome. I love Man. teaching. Hey, we give you the best. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, you too. Bye-bye. All right, Rob Barker, Fox Sports, and uh, still here, Sporty Cuts in Detroit. And make sure you get his book. If I'm riding, I'm ripping. It's a great read. If you love Rob, uh, Rob Parker's stuff, I do. I miss him here in town. Guys like that, mm-hmm. they don't come around very often, you know. And thanks for coming on. And you know, he puts it in perspective. It is what it is. I mean, the Lions are what they are. So I guess we got to take him or, or leave him. I guess yeah. if you're an NFL fan and you're living in Detroit, you're a Lions fan, or you or you swear them off and you pretend you're never going to be. You, they always say you're Lions free, yeah, until they win. And then all of a sudden you're back on the the bandwagon. I want to tell you about the Michigan Sneaker Exchange. Our good friends Juan Neal, Jake Schreier, and Julian's Evans Means of Labels and Logos and Loose Cannon Flagship are going to be hosting 
the Michigan Sneaker Exchange at the TCF Center, December 7th. TCF Center, better known as Kobo. Vendors from around the state will be in attendance, swapping sneakers and showing off the latest trends in fashion December 7th, noon to 6, 20 bucks at the door, or you can get your tickets online, right on your phone. The TCF Center used to be called Kobo, of course. For tickets and tables, visit MichiganSneakerExchange.com. Exchange is with an X. And I want to thank our good buddy at Mr. Matt. Been serving Metro Detroit's floor mat needs for over 50 years. Let your business slip and fall at the savings with them before winter hits. They also offer logo mats, office and restroom cleaning, restroom supplies, window cleaning, mops, towels, aprons, anything else your business can use. It's Mr. Matt. Call him at 800-344-0095 or email my friend Joe at joe at mrmattrental.com. That's joe at mrmattrental.com. Thanks again to Rob Parker. Sorry I didn't get, let you get a question in, Ethan. I feel bad. Uh, no, don't don't feel bad. Uh, I, did I don't wanna, feel that bad, though. <laughs> I did want to point out, though, you, you did ask about, you know, should the Lions take a quarterback? Yeah. And I've been looking at some mock drafts. I mean, we're still a ways away from the NFL draft. But one name who keeps slipping further and further down the draft board because of his injury is Tua. And um, Colin Cowherd says he's not going to slip. I don't know. I've seen him slip in every mock draft I've looked at, anywhere from mid the mid teens wow. to the thirty first. Are you pick, kidding? To the thirty first pick to the New England Patriots. Oh my god! Can you Tom imagine Br- that? I would throw up. I, mean, I really would throw up. I would too. You know what? I bet you they do get him. But I'll tell you, I bet you they so get him. The two teams that I have seen consistently in these mock drafts picking him is a the Oakland Raiders, which I believe John Gruden would be ecstatic if he could get Tua in the middle of the first round. And the he New bent Engl- car yesterday. I know. And the New England Patriots at 31. God, I'll be sick. Um, I'm throwing up in my mouth. If already. I'm the Detroit Lions, if I'm sitting around anywhere between that 7th and 10th pick, and Tua's still available, I take a risk. I draft him. I let him, because he's still going to have to recover. Let Matt Stafford work with him. The kid's got an arm. He's got a good football IQ. He's supposed to be a no-brainer. He's supposed to be a, I know. literally an easy pick. But the injury, I think, is going to put off put off a yeah. lot of teams. And right now, if you're the Lions, you do have Stafford under contract for a few more years. Give him a year or two under Stafford, kind of like what they did with Mahomes and Alex Smith. I mean, Mahomes could have played from the start, right? but they knew Alex Smith. It was know, smart the way they, they did need, it. They need to have him work with Mahomes and then... Two years or a year, Mahomes will be the uh, starter, and there no, you go. I, Ethan, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna poo-poo that idea. I'm because I, I'm one of the guys, and we've had beat writers on here, and they laugh at you when they say I'll, I'd use. They're like, not with the number one, not with your first round pick. Yeah, how else are you gonna get a guy like yeah, that? Yeah, and what we're seeing a lot for the lines in the mock drafts are offensive linemen. Where's Justin Herbert going on um, that mock draft? In some, anywhere between number one. He and looked like crap 10. the other night. I, I know, and it was Arizona State with Herm Edwards. Yeah, I mean he did not look good. We play to win the mm-hmm. game. Yeah, they beat their ass. They did. The other night. They did, and, and that, that was a hell of a fourth quarter. And that put a damper in the Pac-12's chances of getting a team. Oh, it's in. over. I think that killed I mean, them. Houston still has a oh, shot, but I think with that happening, though, you get a good opportunity for a team like uh, Oklahoma to get in if LSU were to fall to Georgia. And the SEC championship game. Because I think if Clemson plays a close game in the ACC, 
and Oklahoma dismantles whoever they play in the Pac or not Pac twelve, Big Twelve. I think Oklahoma still gets in over Clemson. Well, Oklahoma's you know starting to play good now, yep. and they have Jalen Hurts. You know that doesn't hurt to have no, him. Lincoln Riley doesn't you hurt got to have CD him. You got Lamb. I don't know They're how not a bad fast team. that guy runs. Now, to, uh, we'll have it on Wednesday, of course. It'll, it'll drop mm-hmm. the new college football uh, poll. Yep, will drop then. But uh, Michigan moved into the top ten. They and, get and, into and number the, ten. Yep, at the AP they're playing poll. good now. They really are playing very well. Let's go to the phone lines. We have a special guest, I think, coming uh, calling in from Jersey. Is this Mike from Paramus? Calling in? Uh, speaking, speaking. How you doing? What's up, Mike? I heard a lot about you out in Jersey. You're a you're a sports uh, sports guy out there. Yeah, you can say I'm a sports enthusiast <laughs> of all New Jersey, New York sports, which has been very difficult over the past couple of years to uh, to maintain my emotions about it all. Now I know you're a Rutgers guy, and Rutgers oh, is a uh, Rutgers is a you know in the Big Ten, and you and I have talked in the past, and. I think they're very undeserving of being in the Big Ten, and I think they're an anchor on the Big Ten. But you know what? They went out and put Rutgers in, and I was all excited because last week I was I was tooting the horn of Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano's going to come back and save the day. He's going to come back into Rutgers and put him on the map, at least make him competitive. Chris Ash, what a disaster that was. It's been a disaster since Schiano's left uh, East Brunswick. What's what's going on there? What happened with this Greg Schiano fiasco? He's not going to be the guy now. Yeah. So, uh, as of yesterday in the afternoon when the report started to come out, we started to find out that Greg Schiano would not be riding out on that Scarlet Knight course. We would not have the return of the Schiano that took us to five or six straight uh, bowl games. And we would not have our savior that, as you mentioned, over the last couple of years, uh, have put us in a really bad place, needless to say, at the bottom of the Big Ten. Now, whether or not we're deserving to be in the Big Ten, I think there's no question we are. We're an incredible You're university. Not. You're not, but that's okay. The resources that we have. That's okay. We can absolutely perform well. You haven't. You weren't even born when uh, they were in the Final Four in, uh, in college basketball in 1976. That's the only thing they have on their resume athletically. But that's not a, that's not for us to say. They're in the Big Ten, so we got to take them for what happened. What what why is what happened with Shiano? Wasn't this a slam dunk? Yeah, well, and just to make a quick note here, it also helps to be a national champion in wrestling or doing <laughs> performing well in soccer. But that that's not football. Correct. What matters. Correct. And it was this, and it was a slam dunk. Um, everyone expected for the past three weeks that Shanna would be the guy, and maybe, if anything, kind of would wait until after our last home game to announce it into the Thanksgiving week. Uh, what seems to have taken place was his demands, which by most big school, uh, you know, requirements, the salary for the coaches, the private jets to reach out to the recruits as well as some of the extra facilities that are needed to attract the recruits. That was something that the Board of Governors or our athletic director, Patrick Hobbs, was not ready to put the bill for. Wow. Eight years, $32 million, supposedly, was the offer, which which was $25 million. Yeah, $25 million was guaranteed. An additional $7.5 million annually for his assistant coaches and support staff. That's what they were going to offer him. You know, you know, obviously, Which, that's four million a year, Michigan, roughly. Yeah, to, to to Michigan, that is not a large number when you have 
Harbaugh is right. what seven point five million a yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, but it's a um, decent offer. It it it, it, it is a decent offer, yeah. and one that I don't think that was going to be holding Shiano back. I think the difficult part in all of this was getting a written statement from the the higher ups to say we're ready to invest in facilities and the type of uh, upgrade that he was looking for. That's you talked about twenty million dollars, but as opposed to these. Hundred, hundred fifty million dollar facilities, and to have that as a, a clause in any statement, we're, we're not making Big Ten full money. That doesn't happen until twenty twenty seven. We've been delaying that full Big Ten payout for many years. What should have been twenty twenty one? We've needed escalation in receiving at least something just to play catch up. What's going on with the stadium? I know they had some uh, good improvements to it over the years. What's uh, the max capacity there that they could hold, and what did they want to bring it out to? Yeah, so over the years, it, they have expanded. Uh, I believe it was at 44 to 46, now 54,000 uh, that it can hold. I think when I was at the game and looking around, there might have been all of 10,000 people there, which is the difficult part right now. That's the Rutgers football fan well, of, course. of what you're dealing with. Um, they've they've expanded also in the sense of building other facilities around campus. So what they did was they built a, uh, an arena, a practice arena for wrestling, gymnastics, and uh, another sport in in one building. They put the basketball uh, men's and women's into another building. So they cleared out actually a lot of the, the uh, teams that were all utilized in the same center. So that, that they can make it a completely football-centric uh, center, and that's called the Hale Center. That's at the Rutgers Football Stadium. But like, like I just mentioned, they were hoping to build something like Maryland just built a completely practice facility, football priority right. uh, arena that they can have and host recruits and hopefully attract them to the university. Hey, Mike, uh, I just wanted to ask this question because I heard it in the report. Um, was the amount of money going towards assistance and being able to bring assistant coaches in a, a big deal breaker when it came to this deal? Because it sounded like uh, Greg Schiano wanted more money for his assistant coach. Yeah, and I, first off, the level of investment that needs to go into this, and and this is really, guys, this is the difficult part. So, on one end, where you, ha- it's really it's a double-edged sword. On one end, the the amount of press that this is getting is saying. Rutgers doesn't want to invest in their program. But on the other end, it's because, yes, we don't have that type of Big Ten funding at this point to invest in that, uh, in the, as you mentioned, the assistant coaches. So they wanted, and I believe that they were going to provide at least $8 million um, to assistant coaches. Yeah, seven and a half, is, said, yeah. Yeah, seven point five million, which is a huge increase from where they currently are. So it seemed as though they were willing to go all in on the salary, on the, the golf club membership, uh, on many of the different aspects locally to help uh, Shiano. But I, if, if you ask me, it comes down to those big facilities that they just were not going to be able to uh, to afford. So what do they do now, Mike? What's the next move? Next move? Well, there are two guys supposedly uh, that they're looking at that you guys should know who they are. They're they're a part of the Michigan uh, football staff. Uh, one is currently on there. So one you have Jed Fish, who's a quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, wide receiver coach with the team, 2015-2016, who's now on the Rams. They're looking at him, but I think that if 
if if they're really going to at least do something with what they have now, they need to think local. They need to think New Jersey. And there's no better last name in New Jersey when it comes to football <laughs> than Capanil. And you have uh, one on your staff there, Anthony Capanil, who is a uh, uh, 2011. Uh, you know, he he was the offensive coordinator. Uh, for Don Bosco, the number one sure. nationally ranked high school team in New Jersey. He is, his brother is obviously Nunzio Papanel, the head coach of Rutgers University. That name says something to a lot of high school, high school coaches. And I think, in my opinion, you have to hire Anthony Capanel as your next football head coach of Rutgers and make it a New Jersey thing to try to fence that guard, defense the Garden State and don't let guys like Chris Partridge a former Framus Catholic high school yeah. coach who's on your staff steal our players like Jabril Peppers. Yes. <laughs> okay, I was going to bring up Peppers. Hey, how the hell did he get out of New Jersey? But uh, I appreciate you calling in, Mikey, and uh, we'll check in with you when they hire a coach. You know, I want them to do well. I mean, it's an embarrassment as a Jersey guy. You know, my family goes to Rutgers. My cousins, my sister. I mean, my, it, it's in, it's uh, as a New Jersey guy, yeah. you want to see him do well and it's not looking good, man. It's an embarrassment. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a difficult run. And uh, like you said, I, I hope we find someone that, uh, you know, that I can come back on the show and talk about it a little bit. But uh, as of right now, I, I would say uh, when you look at the blogs, when you look at what's being put out there right now, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a tough place. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt, Mike. All right, man. Uh, take care. Yeah. We'll get you on again. Have a happy Thanksgiving. All right. And happy Thanksgiving to all you guys. Take all care. right. Mikey from Paramus, New Jersey, talking about Rutgers. And, uh, you know, they're part of the Big Ten. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a local thing here. That's why I brought it up. I wanted to make sure that it's Greg Schiano's story by uh, uh, Brett McMurphy. And it was a hell of a story here. And it's a lot of money to leave on the table. $32 million for eight years. And I'm sure he could have maybe got a little bit more. Probably. Probably could have got a little bit more. But I don't think that's what's holding him up. I, I wonder what happened to him with the whole Ohio State uh, fiasco. He was supposed to be the defensive coordinator yeah. for your boy Urban Meyer. I mean, mm-hmm. not Urban Meyer, but for uh, Ohio uh, State. For Jason Day. Yeah. yeah. What happened there? Do you know? No idea. Um, he said personal you know, problems. Could have been something, you know, who knows, with his marriage Very, very or well could have been, but I, I think, you know, he has, he has a relationship with Urban Meyer. And I think if Urban was still there, it would have been a shoo-in of a deal. But with Urban, you know, taking a step back after the last season, right? And Jason Day coming in, I, I think it was more or less him trying to build his coaching staff around what who, who he wants and what he wants. And Greg Schiano may have not fit into that game plan. But I did see an interesting uh, story where Greg Schiano and Urban Meyer maybe they team up when Urban returns to coaching if he returns to coaching. Right. Maybe. And one uh, spot that's been brought up is USC. Yeah. We should talk to Rob Parker about that. Yeah. Those guys land out there. I can, mean, you see, can you see Urban I, going out there? I can't really see Urban returning to coaching for a few more years. I think he's finally getting his bearings again. And I, I can understand the, coach, the, the toll that coaching has taken on him physically. Um, as much as I love to see him coach, if he does return to coaching... I don't see it for the next two, three years. And maybe it's out in California, but who knows? Maybe Notre Dame, eventually. That would be a hell of a spot and for that would I know be. Brian Kelly's a good coach, but yeah. he has not gotten him over the hump either. No, he hasn't. But I would say if Urban ends up at Notre Dame, that would be a, a shocker. 
I mean, it would be a great hire. Maybe he goes to Notre Dame and they finally accept a, a bid to come to the Big Ten. Or the or I was gonna say, put him in the ACC. Give Clemson some competition because Clemson's resume this year looks terrible. It because does. the ACC is terrible. It does. And aren't they in there for what do they play basketball? ACC. ACC. Yeah. Of course, they used to be a Big Ten school, a Big uh, mm-hmm. Big East school. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate the way well, all the divisions. Are. The, I hate it. But em. a lot of the Big East schools went down to the I ACC know. or made but, the or did that American yeah, athletic the new conference. American athletic yeah. conference, and they made the new Big East. You know, the old Big East was a phenomenal, phenomenal conference. Basketball and football, there's, mainly basketball. There are too many conferences in college basketball. I That's all I want to Soon it's going to be. I, I believe this. In the next 10 years, 15 years, east, west, north, south, those are your conferences. I'm fine with that. That's it. Just then, ma- then you have a college football playoff, a real, yeah. at least 32 game, 32 team playoff. I mean, realistically, why you, not? They you, do it in double A. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I'm more or less under the impression that you cut. The bowl games, or you cut some of the bowl games. You could still name them. Name them the bowl exactly. games. Exactly. But you make the bowl games into a tournament. So, like yeah. the Boca Raton and the Bahama Bowl, whoever wins the Bahama Bahamas Bowl and the Boca Raton Bowl, yeah. okay, you two play each other in the next round. Yeah. You know, you keep some of the bowl games that have been around and are known, and you do it like a tournament format, and you do it regionally based. I think, you know, no offense, I know teams up here love playing in the warm weather. Yeah. I think for the bowl games, though, you need to be playing closer to your campus so that your fans are a part yeah. of it. As you get up into the semifinals, yep. then you go west. Yes. Then you go out there. That's your treat Yeah. for winning. I don't care. Play the national championship in Hawaii. I don't give a damn where you play it. That'd be nice. Wouldn't that be nice for them? I don't want to get off uh, college football because it's Ohio State-Michigan week, but did you see the NBA? Yep. Is going to try to do something different, and I love this. They're going to maybe try to shorten their season. I think to seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. I games. think it should be less than that. But they had other stuff too. Other way to they see yeah. reseed the playoffs. I, I like the reseeding of the semifinalists because then that could give you an opportunity to have you know even if it's two Western Conference teams, they may be the two best teams in the NBA right. or two Eastern Conference teams. Other stuff. The, they're going to do like a tournament. They're going to yeah. They've been talking about doing a in-season tournament, which would start approximately after Thanksgiving and run through December. The only thing I have against this is un- unless they come out with a more structured th- reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. There's no reasoning behind it. They they said well maybe there will be compensation for you know the players that win it or for well the, I think what they're trying to do is. Have these players instead of sitting out and getting their 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 what are they calling that thing again when they sit out uh, to recoup? Uh, yeah, their their resting period. Yeah, the or, word the yeah. word is out of my mind here, but mm-hmm. whatever the hell it is, and they don't want teams tanking and yeah. stuff like that. My buddy Brian came up with a good thing for the teams that tank at the end of the year. They have a tournament. The teams that are out, mm-hmm. the best team of the of the losers. They get the number one pick. I like that idea. And one thing I think that the NBA should do with this play-in, or not play-in, but the in-season tournament, if you win it, you are guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. Whether you finish dead last in your conference... I like it. It's like a king of the hill. Because you won the 30-team tournament, I think you at least get into the playoffs. I dig that. It's like a wild card. Like yeah. A, like an outside I mean, wild card. They're already talking about doing a play-in game yeah. for the playoff. Okay. Let's just say if you finish below the top eight in your conference, but you won that 30-team tournament, 
you are automatically guaranteed a spot in that play-in game, or you're guaranteed a spot in the playoff. You know what I like the most is that they're thinking outside the box a yeah. little. Like baseball, they're in the dark ages. 162 games, ALDH, NL non-DH. Once you get, once you get. Get mm-hmm. together and come up with the right idea. 150 games, 155 max. Yeah, and DH in both leagues. Well, and I and I do like to point out that they did something smart for once, and they made the All Star game. I don't want to say unimportant, but it's not as crucial to well, yeah. to who wins the World Series in a sense. You go now off of the best teams or the team's record. For home field advantage right. instead of who wins the All Star game. That's because of uh, interleague play. Everyone yeah. is playing each other. Back in the day, when you I was a kid, got like one week of that. No, when I was a kid, it was National League one year, American League the next year. Oh, okay. That sucked yeah. because you know if they had the best record mm-hmm. and the Braves slip into the playoffs, they're hosting. They have the home field, and that 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 was crap. Mm-hmm. Then Bud Selig. You know, crapped himself in the All Star game and decided, okay, we're going to come out of this and say the All Star game really means something now. I personally didn't think that was so bad. I really didn't no, think I, it was I didn't, so bad. It made the game watchable and it yeah. made the game important. But at the same time, but it time, is an exhibition. I mean, at the same time, though, when you get a wild card team and a you know the winner of the you know NL being the best team in the NL, you really should be giving it to the team that played the best the whole year, not the team that. Of all stars that beat the other team of all stars. I know. No, you're right. It was. It was a, at least. At least he tried something. Yeah. Crying out loud. I thank Rob Parker for coming on. It was great talking to him from Fox Sports. We talked a little Rutgers with Mike and Paramus. A little college football. Michigan Ohio State week, man. Ohio State's won seven in a row. And if you remember, Michigan fans, last year. 62 to 39, and it wasn't even that close. They probably could have put up 80 yep. last year. This is a different Michigan team. I think it's going to be a very good game. This is a different Buckeye team, I know. too. I look forward to talking about this on the Hump Day edition with Darren McCarty and us coming up the day before Thanksgiving. Thanks to Ethan Perlman and everyone behind the glass. Angel, Cole, Stephen, and Holly. Happy birthday to Kelsey. Took the day off today. Enjoy it, kiddo. This is Tom Mazaway for The Wrap on NRM Streamcast. We'll talk to you very soon. Enjoy your week, everyone.